This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. See where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. 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 Say it with me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm not sure what that means to you. It means that you're free. Completely. No holding back. So the only thing that holds you back is yourself. Oh, come on. Amen. All right. Turn to someone and say, you cannot hold me back. <laughs> do, do you know, do you know, do you know at times what holds us back is our perception of ourselves and, and a perception that we put on other people, how we think they see us. And that's what holds us back. They say, well, they're going to look at me. I'm going to look stupid. Oh, come on. David said, I'd rather look stupid in your eyes. Are you still here? I'd rather look stupid in your eyes, but I'll be more abased. But I'll do what God has called me to do. I'll, I'll dance before him. He's giving me life. I'll dance before him. He, he's giving me joy. I'll dance before him. He's giving me peace that passes all understanding. I'll dance before him. I'm still standing here and smiling in spite of what I'm going through. I'll dance before him. I'll dance before him. Dance. You know, the scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And he, he, did, he didn't qualify in, in a different sense the, the, the noise. But the only qualification he gave it, you know, it was joyful. All right, he said, make a joyful noise. All right. He didn't say make a, a cute noise. <laughs> he said make a joyful noise. He didn't say make um, a quiet noise. You know, a noise that doesn't disturb others. He said make a joyful, a joyful noise. Right. And when he says noise, in other words, it should disturb the other person. That's why it's noise. Okay. So noise actually is negatively connoted. Right. It, an, it has a negative connotation to it when you say someone is making a noise. In other words, hey, stop it. But God is saying make a joyful one. So, in other words, it is not noisy until someone gets a little bit uncomfortable. Are you still here? It's not noisy until someone starts to get uncomfortable. Because that's why it's noise. Amen. Uh, it's true. So, in other words, God is saying, do not hold back. Don't hold back. So when you're making a noise, come on, do it. Let, let people, let people get a bit uncomfortable. It's okay. It's okay. And then he didn't stop at making a joyful noise. He said, unto the Lord. So it's, if you're on your own just making noises just to annoy your neighbor, that's your problem. But hey, it's got to be unto the Lord. Amen. Because people have got to come and see what's going on. They've got to come and see what's going on. They've got to come and see what's going on. So why are they making that noise? Where is that noise coming from? Where is the noise coming from? Same thing with the book of Acts. You maybe see that if you like. Or you can stand with me for the rest of the day. That's fantastic. In the book of Acts, the people came to see what was going on in the upper room. He said they were all gathered together in one accord. 
And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was sound like a mighty rushing wind in the house where they were all gathered. And then they started to see flames like of fire on them. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the interesting part here is that it said a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. That is noisy. Are you still here? That is noisy. It's a violent wind, a sound. They didn't see it, but they said they had it. They had the sound like the blowing of a violent wind. And it came from heaven and filled the, the whole house where they were sitting. Oh, interesting. So where they were sitting. Ah. And they saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began. Amen. I like the word began. You know, when he told us and they began, he didn't tell us and they stopped. He said and they began. And since they began, there's no stopping. And, you know, when they finished theirs, they didn't stop but they passed on the button. They passed it on to us. But the point I want to bring out there very quickly, because you know, th this is what we, we're going to still be talking about tonight. It says, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 5, it changed the tone, right? A little bit. It's, it's more like, okay, let's put this scene on hold for a moment. Let's go to another scene, all right? It said, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Uh, when they heard this sound, when they heard what? Can, can you see? They were making noises in that room. And this noise was started by the Holy Spirit. And so the sound, like a rushing mighty wind, filled the house. And it didn't just only fill the house, it impacted the people in the house until people started to go, what is going on? And said, when they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? In other words... We know those guys, the, the, the language that they're used to, the language that they normally speak is Galilean. But how come they're not speaking in a language that I can understand? How come? How is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elam Elamites, Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, and so on, and so on. However, some of them made fun and said, oh, they've had too much wine. They've had too much wine. And what does that mean? That these guys weren't careful how people perceived them. You know, when 
I'm not sure. I've never really been drunk before. So I wouldn't know how it feels to be drunk. Anyone wants to show, you know, kind of give me an indication how it works? Anyone? Don't point to anyone. Yeah, everywhere's kind of spins. And if you open your mouth, you speak knowledge, right? <laughs> All right. You know? And those who are drunk, you know what happens, right? They don't care. At that very moment, they don't care what you are thinking about them. And if they've got the tr a truth to tell you, they will say it. Now, they're not careful how they put that truth. Because even at this very moment, they can actually take advantage of the idea of being drunk to tell you the truth. <laughs> But the point I'm, I'm trying to put, bring from this is they acted similar to people who were drunk. They acted that way. That's why people looked at them and go, oh, they must be drunk. Now, listen, they didn't act crazy because they would have said, oh, these guys are crazy. They didn't act as though they were sleepy, otherwise they would have said they, they looked sleepy. But they said they acted drunk. They looked drunk. And they said, well, these guys must be drunk. And Peter went up and went, no, nope, we ain't drunk. It's too early in the morning to be drunk. It's just about 9 o'clock in the morning. He said, but this is what God promised. Ah, this is what God promised. And that's an interesting part. That, you know, God's promises brings you out of yourself. In other words, it, it, it makes you, whilst you're trying to be posh, but when you give up to God's promises, it, it just leads you. You're different now. Like this guy, what's his name? Uh, Saul. Saul, King Saul. No, and we're not talking about Saul turned Paul, but we're talking about the King Saul. King Saul, King David, King Saul. You remember? Okay, great. So Saul... Something happened to him before he was anointed. Um, he, his father's donkeys were lost and he went away to look for them. But it was, all a, it was all a plan. It was all a supernatural plan for him to meet with the man of God. And then he met a prophet and the prophet said, Hey, you're going to go a little bit farther. And when you see, uh, where, as, as you go, you're going to meet a band of prophets. And when you meet with them, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will fall on you and you will start to speak or prophesy. All of a sudden, he's never prophesied before. And then he said, and it will be said, is, Paul all, uh, sorry, is Saul also one of the prophets? Because it changes you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you are changed from who you used to be to a different person. In other words, he takes over your normal gait, your normal ability. And that is not to say you cannot still be who you are, but it just empowers you even much more. Why? Because his spirit brings about freedom. And all of a sudden, you find yourself that you can't hold back speaking God's word. You can't hold back preaching God's word to others. Why? Because the Holy Spirit enables you. Don't forget the word enablement. In other words, it, it helps you to do. It, 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 
It strengthens you. It empowers you to do. That's what the Spirit of God does. That you start to compare, you know, should I speak or should I be ashamed? And most of the time when you've got the Holy Spirit, you choose the other one to speak. As opposed to being ashamed. Because you no longer care about me. How I look. My poshness, you know. You don't, you don't really care much about that. But instead you care much about where is the Spirit leading me? What does he want me to do? And this time you're asking questions. You're always asking him what do you want from me, Lord? What would you like me to do today? And that's what the Holy Spirit enables you to do. He enables you to seek him even more. Amen. And it's beautiful. So the people came around and just checked. So, guys, what, what's happening here? Are they drunk? Peter said, no, we ain't drunk. This is the promise of, of the Father. That he will pour out his spirit upon our flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Amen. It's true. So your sons and daughters. He said, this is, this is the promise of the Father through the prophet Joel. That your sons in those days, says God, that, that he will pour his spirit upon our flesh. That your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall dream dreams. And, and your old men shall see vision. So you shall see visions. In other words, the supernatural will take over the church. It will not just be a place where community gather together to just socialize. It will be more than being social or sociable in, in the house. It will be just more than, okay, I've got friends in that house, so let's go and have fun. No, it, it will be more than that. It will be by the Spirit. In the Spirit. For the Spirit. It's true. And then you start to see that there is someone taking up a psalm, and the other one is taking up a song, and the other one is taking up a, a word of prophecy, something that will build the other person up, as opposed to something that will tear the other person down. Are you still here? And that's where the place of praying and the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, last week we, we talked about the the advantages of praying in the Holy Spirit. And today, we're, we're, we're suggesting to talk about the ethics of praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, how can we effectively pray in the Holy Spirit that it doesn't um, get tainted, it doesn't, um, you know, annoy the other person. And I want to quickly say this, that you don't have to Pray in tongues to be a Christian. Okay? So you still go to heaven if you, if you, if you don't speak in tongues. You know what, how we talked about it last, last week? Uh, we have the three lanes, right? <laughs> On M4. Uh, the first lane, you know, slow people. All right? And you can choose even if you have full license to still drive in the first lane. So you could have been in church for a very long time, so experienced, and yet you're still driving on on the first lane. Actually, some people in the natural, the, the older they get, the slower they get. You get. It's true. It's true. Not yet. Not for you. It's okay. But, 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 but that's true though. Right? Because the, the, the brain is starting to slow down a little bit. It's going, oh, I've, I've got to be more careful. And then you see... You know, someone really driving very slow. They're driving 40 
on a 70 zone, on an 80 zone, and you're thinking, who is that? You know, uh, at times we already start calling their names before we actually see the right person who is driving. Say, are you a learner? You start from there because you want to be nice. Is he a learner? And then you graduate a little bit to, what, what's wrong? Are you an old person? And some of us who are really rude go, oh, she must be a girl. You see, and that's coming out of being rude. Because people think girls don't know how to drive faster, but that's purely wrong. Actually, my wife proves, proves me wrong all the time. But, but it's the truth, right? We, we try to call them names until we actually see the person inside and go, what's wrong with you? You look young. You know, everything is going for you. And yet you're still driving slow. And that talks about confidence anyway. Confidence. Praise God. All right. So let's move on. So I've just said something that's quite interesting that you, you know, it's, it's great to be able to speak in other tongues. It's great to have that, um, you know, to have the ability to be enabled to speak in other tongues. He said, but we read a, a scripture earlier and it said people understood them. So, so how come if we speak in other tongues now that people don't, people don't understand and that doesn't bother you? No, it doesn't bother me because that was the only place in the Bible that people spoke in tongues and other people understood them. Actually, it didn't call them tongues. It actually called it other languages. But after that experience, there was, there was no other place in the scripture, in the Old, uh, New Testament, I mean, that people spoke in other tongues and another person understood them. Actually, if you understood them, actually you're not speaking in other tongues by the Holy Spirit. And that is not to say some of us are not bilingual. We're not talking about bilingualism. But we're actually talking about a, a different lingua, which you, the speaker, don't even get. You don't understand it. And that's what the scripture says. You don't understand it. You don't get it. So, so I, anyone can just start speaking gibberish because they don't understand it. doesn't mean they're speaking in the Holy Spirit or praying by the Holy Spirit. No. Not at all. Because even people who are unbelievers can speak gibberish. All right? They can speak gibberish. Would you say that's tongues? Not at all. Because, because this has to be done by faith. Are you still here? Because this is the key to everything. Hebrews chapter 11. It said, they that come to God must first believe. That he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently, even in your stupidity, diligently seek him. Say, but I still don't believe it. Well then, but you're a Christian, aren't you? Isn't Christianity, the life that you live right now, a difficult thing to prove? The Bible says you're saved. How do you know? How do you prove it? The only way you've been able to prove it is by your faith. So if by your faith you were able to prove it, and by your faith you are able to actually give your money, and you believe that God looks upon you, then why not cast to some reasonable degree your rational pathway of thinking, well, if the Bible says speaking in tongues and I'm speaking in tongues and I'm sounding stupid, then it should not be. No, cast that aside because it ought to be done by faith. As God's children, everything we do needs to be done by faith. Are we still here? 
true. It needs to be done by faith. Because anything that is done outside of faith, the Bible calls it sin. Uh, I'm not quite sure if you were careful to say that. Or probably you didn't know. But that's what the Bible calls it. Say so anything that is done not in faith is sin. Quite interesting. But you probably might look at that and say, well, sin, really? Let's not go into the definition and categories and levels of sin. If God says it's a sin, it's sin. All right? Because you might look at someone and go, well, that person is a murderer and I'm just a liar. Which one is a bigger sinner? You are equal. Because sin is sin. And so in our, in our eyes, we are the ones who categorizes it. Well, that person killed people. The other one did other things. But me, I'm just only a pencil stealer. <laughs> Amen. First Corinthians chapter 14. All right. So first, you do not need to be, a, um, you know, to have the ability to speak in tongue to be considered a real Christian. And it annoys me when I hear people going, well, you're a believer and you don't speak in tongues. No, speaking in tongues does not make you a good believer. You're a driver, you're a driver, you drive slow, you drive fast, but you're still a driver. You're a believer, right? And last week Sunday, we talked about you being on uh, the third lane, which is the fast lane, the overtaking lane will get you to where you're going faster. So it's not about, will God hear my prayer? So if you pray in faith, God hears us. Say, this is the confidence that we have in him. That what, whatever we ask the Father, in his name, he hears us. He hears us. And he's not saying, if you ask the Father in tongues, that's the only time he hears you. That's not what he's saying. And I just want to establish all of that at the moment. That's not what he's saying. So don't be bamboozled into the idea of, okay, you've got to be able to speak in tongues for you to be a good Christian. No, you're good already. God created it and looked at you and said, you're good and you're good. Right? You're good. Nevertheless, there are better ways of getting things done. You could decide, okay, right, we've got a a whole heap of um, earth somewhere that we want to bail into somewhere else. And some people bring... um, shovel, and some bring spoons, um, and some decides to bring uh, a, a bulldozer or something, you know, to just push the whole earth into the, into the hole, but somehow you're going to get it done, even if it's with your spoon, you still get it done, but it probably might take you a million years, but there are those who get it done in 10 minutes and they're gone, why, because they've got the tools, or oh, talk with me, tools, right, tools, they've got the tools, and the speaking in tongue is actually a spiritual tool. Yeah. And gets the job done quicker. Yeah. Are you still here? Yeah. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it says, We do not know what we ought to pray for. It's about God, the Holy Spirit. He knows much more. So he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He does. He does. Say to someone, He does. He does. So follow the way of love. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Especially prophecy. So follow the way of love. Hey, talk to me. Follow the way of love. Right, it's true. Because if you look at the last 
uh, chapter, before, just before then, chapter 13, it said, if I speak in tongues of men and of angel, angels, and I have no love, I'm like a sounding cymbal. Empty drum. So the last verse there, which I would like to read to you, um, it says here, it says, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And then from there, he jumped into verse 1, follow the way of love then, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Say, first, follow the way of love, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So it's not even tongues. Especially prophecy. And you understand why it says prophecy in a minute. Because prophecy is a way of expressing love, not tongues. Why? Because through prophecy, you talk to other people and they are built up. Yeah. Not through tongues. If I came to you, Kate, and went charitably what have I just said? You probably might just think, something is wrong with him. He's just started again. He's just started again. Uh, but when I come to you and say, you know what? God is on you. He's looking at you. He's watching you. He's keeping you right. Everything you've prayed for, he, he says it's coming to pass. Hey, just keep your hope alive. She's going to go home empowered. She's going to go home empowered. Why? Because I've communicated with her in a language she can understand. And you know what? Faith comes by hearing. hearing. He, she has to hear it to be able to get it. Are you still here? It's true. All right. Let's go. For anyone, verse 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. And he says, indeed. What does indeed mean? Surely. Of a truth. Something of that nature. Right? Indeed. No one understands them. No one understands them. And that's quite an interesting part. Because if the Bible says no one understands them, then don't seek to speak in tongues that you think other people can understand. And then don't discredit it because you don't understand it. Are you still here? That you don't get the idea of speaking in tongues. Don't discredit it. Because if you understand the Bible specifically, or rather study it, you realize that no one understands them. And, and I think the, the part that I really like here, it didn't say no one understood them. Or no one has ever understood them. It's a present continuous tense. No one understands. In other words, even if you speak it tomorrow, no one should understand you. No one understands them. No one understands. So regardless of how you speak it, it should not be understood. So, But how about those who interpret it? It's not because they understood it. It's because they have been inspired by the Spirit. So, but I thought they understand, that's why they interpret. No, 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 no. They are two different things. They are two different things. In um, same First Corinthians chapter 12, he talked about the gifts of the Spirit. And amongst the gifts of the Spirit, he actually talked about the gift of speaking in tongues and the gifts of interpretation. It's a gift. Amen. Amen. All right. So, 
For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. And that is enough for you to go home with. So, well, so when I speak in tongues, I'm actually not speaking to people. I'm speaking to God. In other words, this is a way to communicate directly with God. So you don't have to understand what I'm talking about. Why? Because it is. What's that security language? It's a security language where it's coded. It's what? Encrypted. Thank you, Morse code. I have no idea what you were talking about. Okay. It's encrypted. It's encrypted. So it's end-to-end encryption, just like the bank. So when you send information to your bank, anyone, you know, uh, tries to, uh, um, losing my word, intercept the message in between. The problem is successfully intercept the message, but they cannot decode it. They have no idea. So instead of intercepting an encrypted language, and it's still going to be useless to you, why not just let it go? So the devil wants to hear what you're talking about, and he doesn't understand. Why? Because you're speaking to God. Are you still here? You're speaking to God. So, so basically, the devil works with what you tell him. So he listens out. He listens to you. Okay, all right, okay, all right. All right, so this is what you're planning. Uh, that is why nothing is happening for you. So you, you look at you. So the devil even kind of judges you while you're praying. Say, oh, look at you, you're praying. Didn't you remember what you did yesterday? And you're praying now for forgiveness. How many times will God forgive you? But how about just going about speaking in other tongues? And he's thinking, he's waiting for you to start begging again. He can't hear you. He can't understand. But all of a sudden... There's a direct link between you and God. And before he knows it, while he's still there waiting, he falls asleep and you are done with your prayers. <laughs> you walk away and you come back. You're still there, you devil. Oh, stand up and get away. Praise God. All right. So no one understands him. And I think that's enough for you to take home. No one understands. So you speak in another tongue. No one should understand you. You say, but how do I do it that no one understands? You don't have to do it that no one understands. You just speak by the Spirit. But can I learn it? Can I learn it? That's the question. No one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening. I like that. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening. So when you prophesy, you don't prophesy to God. You don't understand that? You only prophesy to people to strengthen them. Amen. So to strengthen them, encouraging and comfort. So anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. I love the word edifies. What does it mean to edify? In other words, you build yourself. Build yourself up. In Jude chapter 1 verse 9, he said, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So building up yourself. So one way to build up yourself, to edify yourself in your most holy faith is by praying in tongues. It's by praying in the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, you are moving from one point to another. You are covering a whole, a whole um, you know, a whole stream of topics at the same time. Why? Because it's encrypted. No one gets it. But you're building up yourself. 
And one way to build up yourself in your faith is by praying the Holy Spirit. You, why, why would he say that? Why would he say that? Building up yourself. June, Jude 1.9. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Because if you can pray in the Holy Spirit when you have no idea what you're talking about and you still believe it, that's the extent of faith that no one else can achieve. It's true. Because it's by faith. Amen. All right. So anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. You want to be built up? You want to build yourself up? Then speak in tongues. Say they edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. In other words, someone who prophesies speaks about, you know, amazing things that God has for you or that God has done in your life. Speaking over you for your exhortation edifies the church. And when he says the church, in other words, every individual that you speak to is building up the church of God. Right? And in verse 5 he says, I would like every one of you Ah, to speak in tongues. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And then he said, but. But let's keep the first one first. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. So point to someone sitting close to you and say, I would like you to speak in tongues. You know, whenever you speak in tongues, do you sound foolish? Do you sound stupid? And then that's good. It sounds like you're doing what right. Yeah, and very soon you wouldn't, you wouldn't start sounding stupid because you are comfortable in that stupidity. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Are you still here? It's true, though. It's true. It's true. You're not ashamed of your own foolishness anymore. You're going, yep, yeah, that's me. That's me. But it's when you are uncomfortable that you go, oh, no, I don't want anyone hearing me. Oh, don't, don't, no, it's okay, just speak it gradually. So it says here, verse 5 again, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but, I like this, it's a but, I would rather have you prophesy. Why? Because when you prophesy, people get built up. But when you speak in tongue, you, only you get built up. So in other words, it said, go by the way of love. In other words, when you prophesy, you're loving others. When you speak in tongues, by implication, you're loving yourself. <laughs> I didn't want to use that word. But he said, but I would like you. Why? Because it's good when you are built up and you're built up and you're built up and we all come together. That's even more amazing. Say, nevertheless, I'd like you to prophesy too. So the one who prophesies is greater than one who, who speaks in tongues. Why? Because you are building more people instead of just one person. Right? It's true. So unless someone interprets, hey, he said, he's only greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Unless someone interprets. So he's not actually talking about, well, prophecy is greater than tongues. He's saying, the one who prophesies is greater except someone is interpreting the tongues and they're still at the same level. Are you still here? Unless someone interpret. So that the church may be built up, may be edified. Next one. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, 
what good will it be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction, right? It's true. And it says, even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? And again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will be ready for battle? Uh, so it, it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words. Intelligible words. Words that make sense. Right? Okay, so unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? You will just be speaking into the air. So undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. True. So he's not, it's, what he's trying to say there is that I'm not talking about all sorts of languages. Because you might not understand a language, but someone else might understand a language. So one person might be speaking Mandarin, and the other one is speaking uh, Korean, whatever it is. But someone will get to understand it. But speaking in tongues is completely different. Completely different. So if then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the, to the speaker. And the speaker is a foreigner to me, so we're kind of strange to ourselves. More like Tower of Babel, you understand? So, so it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in, the, in those that build up the church. How nice is that? So, so why are you eager in having the gifts of the Spirit, say, but excel in the ones that build up the, the people? Why? Because God loves people. He loves people. So excel. Be better in the ones that build up the church. Excel in revelation. Excel in prophecy. And we, you know, at some point, we'll, we'll need to teach about what is prophecy. Because my heart desire, my prayer for our church is so that every one of you would be able to prophesy. Because a church that prophesies is a church that grows. A church where love abounds. And I'm not, think, I'm not talking about prophecy as in the case of, uh, you know, something that is happening in your... No, we're not talking about fortune tellers. <laughs> okay. We're talking about prophecy. In other words, you're prophesying God's word over someone. All right. Listen to it. Prophecy builds up. It does not expose. Are you still here? Okay, we're not talking about prophecy now. We're talking about tongues. Okay, let's concentrate. So is this with you? Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. But what if they can't? Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. But because I, got, I don't understand what I'm talking about, my mind is unfruitful. I don't get it. So even, if, even me, Although I'm being built up, me can't understand myself. So, in other words, it has to be totally dependent on God. And that is the test of your faith. For you to just sit down in one place, even if it's for three minutes you're speaking in tongues, you're just speaking about things that you have no idea about. That has to be by faith. It has to be by faith. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind gets no, it doesn't get it. So what shall I do? Aha, uh -huh. look at it now. So for I will pray with my spirit, but I will also 
hear the also. So also is the addition, right? So it's not the main part. Also is the addition. So he said, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. In other words, I want to be able to connect with myself and not get carried away. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, you know, because at times we just get carried away. You know, almost, almost all of a sudden our minds are hovering. And you're speaking in tongues, but you think you're still there, you're gone. Your mind is on the ice cream in the fridge. So he says, so for me to be able to connect with myself and still be, you know, focused on what I'm doing, I will pray in my understanding also. So one way of distracting yourself from being distracted. Come on. Does that make sense? Even one way of distracting yourself from being distracted is to also, while you're praying in tongues, pray in your understanding also. And what I do as, you know, as a person is, whilst I'm praying in tongues, just to bring myself back, I interject it with, in the name of Jesus. So, in other words, every other thing that I've said, God, I have no clue what I'm saying, but I say it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, because the Bible says, hey, whatever you do, do in the name of Jesus. So how best are you to pray in your, in your understanding? If, you know, because I'd, I'd rather not repeat myself. You know, what, what did the Bible say about people who repeat themselves? So don't be like the hypocrites who think by so many multiplicity of words, they will be heard. So I'm thinking in my spirit, if I've been praying in tongues, um, I probably have said what I'm about to say in my understanding. So instead of babbling again in my understanding, I'll just say, in the name of Jesus, home package the Hebrew has to the college, the home the pastor, look to post a canicola, those the car in Sudakita, in the name of Jesus. Like home that has the zone perhaps in the name of Jesus. So while my mind is drifting away, the name of Jesus is bringing me back in place. Are you, are you still here? It's true. Try it. Try it. We'll build you up. We'll build you up. Amen. Otherwise, when you're praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer, why are they inquiring? Because they have no idea what you're talking about. So they're thinking, so what's he saying? What's he saying? So he's been put in a position of an inquirer by your own doing. Okay, so, this, so how can they say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you're saying? So don't over-spiritualize it to go, you know, I'm about to pray for you. So you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I've got to pray in an understanding because I need your faith to connect with my words. So that the prayer will be heard. And answered, because without your faith, Jesus said to the people, he said, be it unto you according to your faith. It's not according to my faith, who is the one praying to you, for you. But he said, according to your faith. So as I'm praying for you, you should be able to say amen. I know of some people, right? Regardless of what the pastor says, they just say amen anyway. You need to listen to the prayers that have been prayed over you. That's true. Listen to the prayers that have been prayed over you. So that you can refute the ones that are not according to the will of God. Are you still here? Yes. 
It's true. Because there are some people you stand with and they are praying for you. They are praying their own unbelief over you. Oh God, if, it's, if you're willing, heal this person. Oh God, let your will be done. Heal this person if you're willing. God is willing. That's why he sent Jesus. Don't let them pray their unbelief over you. So if you're trying to be nice and trying to be respectful, stop saying amen. Just be quiet until the other one makes sense to you. Then you say amen again. And when you are done, say, God, I'm not quite sure. I was just there, you know, <laughs> taking on that thing. Uh, I don't believe part of the prayer. But, and probably that this time is to build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying the Holy Spirit to get yourself back in line. Okay, amen. Are we blessed? Praise God. Praise God. You know, it's important for us to understand the way of the Spirit. Otherwise, we'll be missing out. And you don't want to miss out of the Spirit. You want to be connected all the time, connected all the time, connected all the time. You see, you can be a Christian, you can be a successful Christian without praying in tongues. But you'll be even a better one when you pray in tongues. Things will work faster and sharper for you when you pray in other tongues. Amen. Don't be deceived. You're still a child of God. But I wish and pray that you pray in tongues. So that your life will be up and, and flowing in the name of Jesus. Upward and forward always. That nothing, not even your mindset can stand against your prayers. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.